Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush. I am a licensed clinical professional counselor providing online therapy right now, all, all online therapy right now for the residents of Maryland. If you would like to uh, know about all the episodes as they become live, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. There's lots of places you can leave reviews. It helps the podcast, but obviously I would want it to be an honest review. So if you feel so moved, I would love that. You can also follow us on social media at Woman Warriors on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There's also a Woman Warriors Facebook group just for us out there, Women Warriors. So if you would like to be a part of that group, it's small right now. I am leaving it open to people. I'm not inviting people. I want people to join because they want to be there. So I hope you will join us there for conversation around worrying and how to manage the worry so we can all be true woman warriors. Today, my guest is Stephanie Kreisberg. She is a licensed psychologist in Concord, Massachusetts. She has over 25 years experience treating children, teens, and adults with anxiety disorders. In addition, Dr. Kreisberg specializes in helping women with narcissistic mothers overcome worry and self-doubt. Her treatment model helps women develop calm, confidence, and their authentic sense of self. I'm excited about this conversation. I know the impact that a narcissistic parent can have on a child. I have seen it in my practice, and I've talked to other therapists about this, and it just feels like a very important topic, especially as women. If our role models as women are narcissists, how damaging that can be. In the episode, Stephanie shares how having a narcissistic mother can lead you to have an incredibly harsh inner critic, lots and lots of anxiety, but also we talk about ways to heal, to find your own voice and learn to trust yourself again. I'm excited to get started with the conversation, so let's do it. Hi, Stephanie, and welcome to the Woman Warriors podcast. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. I'm really delighted to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to get started on our conversation. But before we do, if you could share a little bit about yourself and what has inspired you to do the work that you do. Okay. Well, I'm a clinical psychologist. I've been in practice 
for 25 years in the Boston area. And I have basically two areas of practice. I work with children, teens, and adults who have anxiety disorders. And I also specialize in working with daughters of narcissistic mothers. And that's what I'm here to talk about um, today. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting to think about the dynamic of, I don't know, you think, I mean, so ideally we think of a mother as a caring, loving, compassionate, nurturing human, which I'm sure on some level narcissistic uh, moms can have that part of them as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, narcissism itself can be such a difficult, to be in relationship with someone who is a narcissist can be really hard. And to have a parent who's a narcissist and maybe even your mom who's a narcissist, I think that would be a, a, a lot to overcome in adulthood. It, it, it really is. And, you know, part of what makes it so hard is there's a couple reasons. One, Um, It can be very difficult to know that your mother is a narcissist and to understand what's been happening. So, you know, I have women who come into my practice, you know, as young women, and some who don't figure this out until um, their mother is long gone, until they are older. And Mm -hmm. so they've been dealing with the repercussions of it, feeling that there's something wrong with them for their whole adult lives. Wow. Yeah. So it's not something that we talk about a lot in our culture. So that's one of the reasons I'm so happy to come on a podcast like this so that we can sort of educate women about what this looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I think it's so, so important. And, but even before we dive deeper into this, I think that kind of like a lot of psychological terms, narcissism and being a narcissist, it gets thrown around in a way that's like, oh, I'm so neat and tidy. I, I'm, I'm such a narcissist or, you know, I worry too much about how I look. That makes me a narcissist. But really, what, what is, could you define it for us in the more, you know, clinical terms so we have a better understanding of it? Sure, um, because you're right, it does get tossed around a lot. And, you know, basically the way that I would define it is, you know, our personalities start developing, you know, throughout our life in relationship to our primary caretaker. And basically a narcissist is someone whose personality, their emotional development has been stunted somewhere along the way. So the best way I can describe it is a narcissistic mother looks like a, an adult on the outside, but inside she's much younger. She functions like a much younger person emotionally. Sometimes she might be a preschooler. Sometimes she might be eight. She might be a preteen at best. And so when I say this to my clients, it's sort of like a light bulb goes off in their head because Mm -hmm. they realize, oh my gosh, sometimes when I'm talking to my mother, I feel like I'm, I'm dealing with a child. Yeah. And, and that can be such a relief because 
Their mother might fly into a rage like a preschooler does or thinks in a black and white way like a young child does. And that's really true because their personality never fully evolved. Mm -hmm. And that affects many aspects of their functioning. Yeah, I would imagine. And the the fact that their emotional development really never, you know, their personality, their 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 being never really evolved except the physical being beyond that sort of childlike state. Is there usually something behind that? Like maybe their parent was a narcissist or they've had extreme trauma in their life. Is that what typically makes that happen? That's a great question. And you know, there's not a lot of research, uh, formal research in narcissism. But there's some basic theories that we understand, you know, like with most um, psychological issues, there's nature and nurture. So someone who develops narcissism might come into the world with a more sensitive temperament. That's just the way um, she's wired. Mm -hmm. And then there might be some traumatic experiences. There might be what we call just a mismatch between, you know, her parents, the caretakers and her. So she just doesn't get what she needs emotionally. Mm -hmm. And we might, um, she just doesn't get the nurturing and the emotional validating that she needs. There might be bigger trauma. And the kind of two theories that are going on right now briefly are one, this uh, someone who becomes narcissistic might be very overindulged told that she's just the best person in the world, better than other people, Mm. or she might be really ignored, told she's no good. Um, There's just nothing special about her at all. And so she develops this shell of a personality to make up for that. Hmm. Yeah. And, but underlying both those models is this sense of almost like um, disconnection with, yourself, right? With who you really are. That's right. And one way to think of it is um, not only is the personality sort of stunted, but this person is sort of empty inside. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so everything they're doing, um, whether they're very critical of their daughter, very cruel, dismissive, they need all the attention in the room, or maybe they, you know, they need a lot of attention, but they might seek it in different ways, mm-hmm. is a way to fill up those needs that were never met when they were growing up. And of course, no child should have their needs met every single minute. Um, that's not possible. Um, but the person who becomes a narcissist, there was something went very wrong yeah. in terms of getting their needs met growing yeah. up. That's basically what we um, hypothesize. Yeah, Um, yeah. One thing that I have seen in a relationship, you know, with clients whose parent or uh, someone in their life is is a narcissist, that it's often they're constantly, yes, trying to meet the need of that person, but that – if whatever they're doing 
doesn't reflect positively on the narcissist or how they think they should be reflecting positively on them. You know, it's more about their needs than anybody else's needs. You know, the narcissist's Mm -hmm. needs come first. That's right. And so you can imagine how difficult this is when you're a child. So one of the things about the other, you know, hallmark of a narcissistic personality is that um, it one important point is that it occurs on a spectrum. So mm-hmm. as with all personality disorders, the person could have a few traits. It might be more mild or it might be more severe and their functioning fluctuates. Okay. So depending on the circumstances. So one of the hallmarks is a lack of um, lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. But now we know that that ability to have empathy fluctuates. It can come and go depending on the circumstances. Yeah. So for instance, let's say um, a daughter um, is doing really well in school. She's having success in her activities and the mother feels really good about herself because her daughter is doing so well. She Mm -hmm. may be able to be very supportive of her daughter and empathetic, but let's say something goes wrong and the daughter starts to have a hard time and the mother isn't able to feel so good about herself, then that empathy is going to crash Yeah, and she's not going to be able to be there for her daughter. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she's going to become rejecting, critical. It's all the love and empathy is conditional. Mm. And I think that's one of the most difficult things. So you're not loved for who you are, but for what you do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something women take forward in life. For women whose mothers are narcissists, like what, so when they're coming to you, you said part of it is that, you know, they feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Maybe not recognizing that their parent or their mom was a a narcissist. Um, what other, what else are they coming to you? What other struggles are they bringing to therapy? Because I feel like it could be very disruptive in terms of just the child's emotional development and sense of self. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that most women who come to my practice, they've somehow figured out that their mother is a narcissist. Maybe if they've done some reading online, they've kind of figured it out and they, They come for many reasons. One is they feel very isolated and alone with the problem because nobody talks about it. They don't have a good relationship with their mother and they feel very ashamed about that. Something's wrong with me. They have a lot of anxiety and self-doubt. They're always questioning themselves. Yeah. They have a lot of worry. You can imagine if you grow up where your love is just conditional, it depends on what you do, not on who you are. They feel like they're never good enough. They're never doing enough. So, and the other hallmark trait I see a lot of is hearing this critical voice in their heads. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, one woman said, I wake up in the morning and I just hear her voice in my head all the time, criticizing me. And So they're really cut off from their authentic sense of self. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's horrible to go around all day with, you know, your mother's voice in your head 
telling you you're not good enough. Yeah. Well, and, and well, I would imagine it, you would be feeling anxious all the time Mm -hmm. or depressed, you know, anxious to the point of depression, but to how hard that would be to trust your own uh, inner wisdom, that your intuition, your thoughts, your feelings, you know, just to trust yourself if there's this constant critical partner, you know, this voice in your head that is keeping you company all the time. Oh, that's right. It's so, it's so very hard and it can manifest in different, in different ways. You know, some women can go on to be, you know, very successful, you know, in, in relationships or careers, but inside they're suffering inside. Mm -hmm. They're always doubting themselves and criticizing themselves and other people might not see it, but it takes a huge toll yeah. Or they, you know, they might feel like they can't really share their their authentic selves with other people because who would understand um, what they're what they're going through? Somehow, there's always this invisible wall yeah. um, between them and other people. They can't share. There's so much shame that mm-hmm. that goes on. Um, yeah. Yeah. And some women just really hold themselves back from going forth in the world, from developing relationships or careers, because they just feel like, you know, who am I? You know, who am I to put myself out there? You know, I, I can't do anything. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of repercussions. Yeah. Because, you know, if your mom doesn't think you're, you're good enough, I mean, who would? Right, right. I know. I feel like that, you know, as, especially as therapists, like, we know how important that parent-child, but in particular mother-child bond is early mm-hmm. in life in terms of, you know, feeling safe and secure emotionally in yourself. Mm-hmm. And then when that's ruptured, how hard that is to mm-hmm. feel safe and secure and know yourself. Right, right. So in therapy, we really work on you know, starting to learn what narcissism is, how this happened, that the mom herself suffered trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, really understanding, you know, how this came about. There's often a generational pattern. Yep. Um, Yep. And learning to just understand where this, this came from. That's, that's very helpful. Mm -hmm. And then really taking a step-by-step process where a woman can learn to start to calm her nervous system down and with relaxation strategies and then moving into understanding her own traumatic experience and then building the skills that she needs to talk to herself in a different way, Mm -hmm. see herself in a different light, focus on her own strengths and in some ways, you know, rebuild different aspects of her, of her life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's almost, I mean, in many ways you're teaching them how to be the parent to themselves that they never had. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and to understand what happened in a, in a different way Mm -hmm. that it wasn't about them, that it wasn't about them being damaged and, um, in some way, but that it was, you know, that their mom was damaged 
And, you know, she was probably doing the best that, that she could as well. Right. Um, With what she was given, she was doing the best that she could. Yeah. 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 Oh, so I would imagine because it feels as if narcissists are um, often sort of crossing boundaries and maybe there aren't very strict boundaries in homes, you know, with a parent with a mom who's a narcissist, that mm-hmm. that that piece, if the parent is still around, if the client or the woman you're working with is still uh, in relationship with that parent, with their mm-hmm. mom, that, you know, learning how to kind of protect themselves, the clients would be important. Right. That's really critical. And I think one of the most, you know, important things that we start off with is really feeling like they have the right, you know, the right to set um, boundaries Mm -hmm. and to have their own feelings and needs, which, you know, for some women is, is, is truly shocking. Yeah. Um, It's truly shocking to feel like they could have their own rights, their own feelings, say their own opinions, you know, not just with their mother, um, but with other people as well. Mm. So um, then we start with, for some people, it depends, just being able to identify how they feel about things um, and then work, work from there. And for everybody, it's, it's different trying to figure out what is the right decision. There's no cookie cutter approach. Yeah. Um, in terms of coming up with a plan and and what is right for you. Mm-hmm. And it may change over time. You know, someone may decide that they really do want to stay in contact with their mother in some way. Some women may decide, no, they're not. Um, but every woman has to figure out what's, what's right for her in terms of setting boundaries and limits and really dealing with the shame that goes along with a decision if they decide to set some clear limits with their mother and anger, many, many emotions come up. Yeah, I would bet. I would bet. And emotions that maybe they weren't allowed or, you know, were told they shouldn't have Mm -hmm. to have to then come to grips with, oh, they're there, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, and be okay with that, not piling that shame on themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Often women come to therapy um, at milestone moments in their lives. And so it really requires having to dig in and figure out about boundaries. Maybe you're planning your wedding or you had your first baby or um, your mother is now in a nursing home and requires a lot of care. These are moments in our lives uh, where there could be a lot of family togetherness, or we really need to set boundaries to protect ourselves and our families. Mm. Oh, for sure. Now, do you do you see? Um, I know oftentimes when there are sort of um, attachment wounds, you know, for lack of a better, you know, when we're, Mm -hmm. when we, we don't bond with our parent in the way that's ideal, Mm -hmm. that those patterns then can repeat in adult relationships, you know, friends, 
partners, you know, do some of the women that you see potentially have other narcissists in their lives where this pattern, these patterns are playing out again? Oh, absolutely. You may be um, married or to a narcissist, divorced from a narcissist. You may have um, friends who are not treating you well. Um, and in which case, it's, it's really important to look at those patterns and, and figure out what steps, you know, if any, you, you want to take. Or if you're still in a marriage to a narcissist, how are you going to take care of yourself? Yeah. If you're divorced, what's getting triggered? How are you going to protect yourself? How are you going to protect your, um, or t- intervene with your children? Mm-hmm. If they're still, obviously, may, maybe, you know, involved with a, a narcissistic yeah. father. Yeah. So a, a lot of issues can, can, can come up. Yeah, yeah. Sort of just continuing those same patterns into adulthood. So they may be coming to you for that too. Yes. Through those. And, you know, needless to say, if a woman is married to or divorced from a narcissist, you know, she didn't marry him on purpose. Um, she didn't marry oh. a narcissist on purpose, but, oh. you know, then a lot gets triggered. And so we figure out, you know, what emotions get triggered mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. and, and how are you going to handle this? And again, there's no right or wrong each person has to figure out what's right for her, but she can learn new coping skills. Yes. And, and that's what really can make a difference and feel that she has the right to set limits and boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that some, some, well, that this is like a whole nother conversation, but sometimes in those, uh, you know, marital or partner relationships, the setting boundaries there has to be safety too, right? Oh, oh yes, absolutely. There has to be safety. Yeah. And, um, you know, that can be a really difficult conversation to have and requires a lot of patience because yeah. as, as we all know, yeah. you know, women who are in, um, you know, that's going to be at the more extreme end of the spectrum with someone maybe physically abusive. And as we all know, yeah. you know, it's very difficult for women to leave those relationships. Oh, and, absolutely. Right. And often, um, might make multiple attempts to leave before they actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like for you, how do you see therapy helping, you know, women who come to you with narcissistic moms? What are some of the, because this is, this is hard, right? Like this is mm-hmm. really hard stuff to talk about, but two, I know therapy can be helpful, but what what are you seeing that the benefits of being in therapy for someone who maybe grew up with a narcissistic mom? Oh, great question. I mean, my, you know, I sort of have some, my wishes, you know, my goals for people when they come to therapy. Um, Of course, it's different for everybody. One I think the most important thing first is just understanding mm-hmm. that they understand narcissism and feel understood because most women come in feeling like nobody gets this. I am so alone with this. Yeah. And when they start to feel like somebody gets this, that makes such a difference. Somebody gets my experience with my mother. Right. Um, someone understands why I, you know, 
don't want to spend Mother's Day with her. It's mm-hmm. such a relief. Then we start to look at how she can maybe perhaps, you know, deal with some of these painful memories, yeah. have yeah. a different relationship to them, and then figure out how she can tap into her strengths. Yeah. Her strengths that already exist mm-hmm. and, you know, highlight those in her life and then really learn some real skills to manage the anxiety, manage the, that critical voice in her head. Yeah. Turn, I, I call it, you know, turning down the volume. Yeah. Um, so it might not, you know, go away altogether, but so she can, she can manage it and feel, and feel f- more free from it. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then of course, perhaps make some decisions about if her mother is still alive, how, or family members, how she's going to handle that in a way that feels right for her. No, it all feels like such, such important work. And, 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 I think to me, the, I don't know what the right word is, but the, the glimmer, the silver lining, whatever, is that like, there can be this better life, this, you know, more in tune with yourself and feeling safer and secure within for these, for women. That's right. So you don't have to go around feeling um, ashamed worried that there's this cloud over your head that you can have more of a sense of a freedom that this happened to me that this was part of my life but it is not me yeah um it doesn't identify you know who who i am and ultimately i you know just like for all of us i want women to find you know their authentic sense of self and find their own voice yes and that's really what what you know women want come to therapy for even if that's you know they want to know who am i and to be able to speak in their own voice and by that i mean you know who am i what do i want from life what are my values how do i want to live um yeah. And yeah. and yeah. that's ultimately the goal of I think therapy for for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. So if there were are there some resources out there that you know you would to sort of begin the process for people who maybe they're like, "Oh, huh, maybe I need some help or would like to know more about what it's like to be in relationship as an adult with my narcissistic parent or mother." Sure. Um, let's see. One of my favorite books is Will I Ever Be Good Enough? Mm. Healing the Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers by Carol McBride, a psychologist in Colorado. I also really like a therapist in uh, Washington State. Her website is Sari, S A. R-R-I Gilman, G-I-L-M-A-N.com. And she is all about boundaries. Mm. Um, How do you learn to set boundaries? And she wrote a book called Transform Your Boundaries. And she has, you know, free webinars and uh, TED Talk. And I think her work is just great for um, people dealing with narcissists. Awesome. 
And I also feel like just to learn to calm down your nervous system so you can start to have, you know, the um, emotional strength you need to do all this. I really recommend, you know, mindfulness and meditation and breathing exercises. And I like the Insight Timer app. Yeah. I think it's helpful for everybody. Yes. I love that. I love that app. I have a few meditations on there. So. Oh, that's great. I'm all about it. It's a wonderful resource. It is. It is. And I love that there's the the free, you know, you can have all the free content, but then if you want to like take the courses, then you pay whatever it is, a yearly fee, but it's, mm-hmm. it's so worth it, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, how do people find you, Stephanie? Well, you can find me at my website. It's very long, so, um, but it's drstephaniecreesberg.com. And you can find links to my articles there. And um, I have book reviews of other books that I recommend. Nice. Um, so that's the best place to find me. And do you have a quiz on your website? Is uh, that yes, right? I do have a quiz. Okay. Um, you know, are you the, is your mother narcissistic? And okay. so that's a good place to get, get started too. Thank you for reminding me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure thing. Well, um, I really appreciate your spending the time with us once again, because the listeners don't know that we tried this once before and I forgot to hit the record button, but I feel like this conversation was probably even better than the first one. So I'm excited that we got to do it again. Me too. And of course, you know, we don't have to be perfect, right? Right. Exactly. You know? Yep. We just, we, we, if we make mistakes, we can just go back and do the, do it again. That's right. So thank you so much for having me. I've just um, really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. Me too. Thanks again. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Stephanie. I so appreciate her work with women who had narcissistic mothers, the impact that narcissism can have on children and then on into adulthood is pretty profound. But I loved that um, her work focuses on helping women know themselves better, understand who they are and give voice, be, allow them to give voice to their needs and trust themselves and their intuition. So, so important. I know that's been an important part of my journey and my mother was not a narcissist, but definitely as I have uh, shared here that, you know, growing up in a family where feelings really were not talked about, acknowledged, processed. Um, Really, uh, it's been something that I have worked on for years in terms of just tuning into who I am and what I need and allowed me to find my voice in my life, in my relationships, and in the world. So I hope that you will all Work on tuning into your needs, tune into your feelings, acknowledge that maybe your intuition is right there waiting for you to pay attention. 
as we move to embrace our worries and move towards embracing our inner warriors, trusting yourself is a huge part of that journey. So take care of yourselves. If you would like the podcast delivered directly to you, sign up for the newsletter. Go to womanwarriors.com. There's a link right there that says, I think, send the podcast to my inbox. You can also subscribe to the podcast right there from the webpage. It'll take you to Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever it is you listen to your favorite podcast. You can subscribe there. I hope you are all staying safe and well wherever you are here in Maryland. It seems like coronavirus is rearing its ugly head again or continues to rear its ugly head. So I hope you're all staying safe. Ciao for now from this woman warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com. Thank you.